Thank you for tuning into the Radio Bible Course. We're continuing our discussion of fulfilled prophecies as an evidence that the Bible must have been inspired by God. Fulfilled prophecy demonstrates the accuracy with which prophets spoke. Hosea was one of those prophets. He wrote in chapter 11, When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. It's interesting that Matthew, in writing his gospel, referred to this prophecy, because as he viewed the birth of Israel being called out of Egypt under the leadership of Moses, he saw this as typological of Jesus who was called out of Egypt when? When he was an infant and his life was threatened by Herod. In Matthew 2.14 we are told that Joseph arose and took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. In the prophet's writings in the Old Testament, Egypt represented the world system and also bondage. They were free when God led them out of that land, performed miracles for them, led them across the Red Sea and into the promised land. And likewise, Jesus came to lead men out of bondage, to give them liberty and freedom and lead them into another land, not down here on the earth, but in heaven. That's the promise of God that whoever believes in him someday will be resurrected with that eternal life which is given to them right now when they believe. And that eternal life will cause them to be resurrected and to live forever in that land we often refer to as the land beyond the river. That's heaven, the place where God dwells. That's the inheritance of the Christian. Now, there's another prophecy, and it deals with the place of Jesus' birth. We often hear about it and sing about it during the Christmas season. It's Micah 5.2. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times." Here is a prophecy that is so precise that it names which Bethlehem among the two that existed in that day. There were two Bethlehems, and he said, Bethlehem Ephrathah. This was the hometown of King David. And it was only right that a descendant of David be born in the hometown of David. And surely Joseph had to return to his place of origin for the enrollment that was demanded by the emperor. We read about that in Luke chapter 2. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. That's what led to Jesus being born of the Virgin Mary there in Bethlehem. There is no scripture that foretells the birth of any religious leader other than Jesus. And it not only tells us of his birth, but the exact place of his birth. Now, this ought to be authentication of the fact that Jesus was sent by God for the prophets foretold his birth and his 
place of birth. The prophet Isaiah tells us more about the birth of the Savior. This prophet looked down through the centuries and saw the coming Messiah, and he has given us the most perfect picture of the history, the mission, the titles, and the characteristics of Jesus Christ more than any other Hebrew prophet. In Isaiah chapter 7, he talked about his birth. He said, And a virgin shall conceive, and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. The inspired record in the New Testament of the birth of Jesus confirms that Jesus indeed was born of a virgin. It was necessary, as Isaiah even said. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. The birth of a baby was not a sign. Many babies were born. But a sign was something that came from God which distinguished this birth from all other births. It was a virgin birth. God did it. He implanted in that young woman, Mary, the eternal seed. And the result was a babe was born. As the angel Gabriel announced to Mary, you will conceive and you will bear a son and he'll be great and he'll be called the Son of the Most High and you'll call his name Jesus and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David and he'll rule over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There will be no end. The first five points of that eight-point prophecy have been fulfilled literally. It happened, just as the prophet said. This is amazing. How could Isaiah have known this? How could it have happened? Well, God has revealed his will to the prophets so that we might be assured of what we believe. I don't want to believe the Bible if it can't be confirmed as true. I don't want to believe anyone unless I have evidence that they are speaking for God. I will not entrust my eternal destiny to anyone short of God himself. That's why I trust the Bible, because in it God is speaking. It is God's word. Micah's prophecy in chapter 5 verse 2 tells us more than that Bethlehem would be the place of the birth of Jesus. It tells us that this one who would be born there would be a ruler over Israel. And it tells us what his origin was. Listen, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. That tells us that Jesus didn't begin his life with his human birth on earth in Bethlehem, but that he existed in ancient times. This tells us that the Christ was eternal. He has always been with the Father, and Jesus claimed that very thing when he said he was with the Father in glory and the Father sent him, and that after his resurrection he would return to the Father in heaven. He said to the Jews before Abraham was, I am. He existed before Abraham who lived 2,000 years before the time of Jesus. And it's for this reason that Jude in his epistle could write at the very end of that epistle, Now to him 
who is able to keep you from falling and to present you without blemish before the presence of his glory with rejoicing to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Jesus is eternal. Jude believed that. Jesus himself expressed it, as did the Apostle John when he said, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and he's the one who made all things. This is the eternal Christ. And so Micah could say, His origins are from old, from ancient times. Here again is fulfilled prophecy. And what about the time of his birth? Is that predicted? Well, Paul wrote to the Galatians and said, When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem them that were under the law. Well, that doesn't tell us the precise time, but indirectly, the prophet Daniel did tell us the precise time. He wrote in chapter 9, verse 25, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks, and the street shall be built again and the wall even in troublous times. Now he talks about Messiah, the Prince. Messiah means the Anointed One. And he said he would come after seven weeks plus threescore and two weeks. That's a total of 69 weeks. 69 weeks after what? After the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem. And who gave that command? It was Artaxerxes. And it happened about... 446 B.C. King Artaxerxes wrote a letter to Ezra, and a copy of that letter is found in the book of Ezra, chapter 7. Listen to it. Now I decree that any of the Israelites in my kingdom, including priests and Levites, who wish to go to Jerusalem with you, may go. You are sent by the king and his seven advisors to inquire about Judah and Jerusalem, with regard to the law of your God which is in your hand. Moreover, you are to take with you the silver and gold that the king and his advisers have freely given to the God of Israel, whose dwelling is in Jerusalem. Together with all the silver and gold you may obtain from the province of Babylon, as well as the freewill offerings of the people and priests for the temple of their God in Jerusalem. And he tells him to go... And he said, Anything else needed for the temple of your God that you may have occasion to supply, you may provide from the royal treasury. This was God acting in history. Many scholars are of the opinion that it is this command to which Daniel was referring. And he spoke of 69 weeks of years. That's 69 weeks of years. 69 times 7, which equals 483. After those 483 Babylonian years, those are lunar years, 
the Messiah would be cut off. Well, obviously, if he's going to be killed after that time, he had to be born sometime around that time. And sure enough, it comes out right to the time when Jesus was born. When we translate those Babylonian years into the years that we go by on our calendar, 365, and plus take into account the leap years. And when we come out to this, we find out that Jesus was crucified at about 32 A.D., plus or minus a couple of years. The prophecy said, after 483 years, or after 69 weeks of years, the Messiah would be cut off. Here, then, we have a prophecy concerning the birth as well as the death of Jesus Christ. And it is mathematically astounding. God has revealed to his prophet Daniel these things about the coming Messiah. Is the Bible accurate? Is it the word of God? Can we depend upon it? We can. Fulfilled prophecy is the strongest form of evidence that the Bible is the inspired Word of God. Much of the teaching you've been hearing for the past couple of months on the authority of the Bible is contained in an album of six tapes called The Authority of the Bible. Those tapes are available right to the Radio Bible course for a free catalog that describes the short courses available on cassette tape. If you have questions or comments about this program, we wish you would write. Until tomorrow, this is Nick Calavota reminding you that the word gospel means good news. Our address is Radio Bible Courses, Post Office Box 14916, Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 70898. The website is rbcword.com.